welcome to the Destination Melbourne podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Archer, and an extra special welcome if you're joining me for the first time. Our podcast is all about Melbourne's tourism industry and those in the industry who might be doing something a little different or unique. Now, my special guest today is Elias Lebos, who is the CEO of Travellers Aid. Have you heard of Travellers Aid before? Perhaps you have. Maybe you've even used or recommended their services. Today, we'll find out more about the services of Travellers Aid and how they've been assisting people for over a 100 years. Travellers Aid provides support, advice and assistance to the travelling public, including people with special requirements or experiencing travel emergencies. Now, they actually operate three service sites, and if you're a commuter through Southern Cross Station or Flinders Street Station in Melbourne, or even Seymour Station in regional Victoria, you might have seen a Traveller's Aid station lounge. We'll talk about how those station lounges and indeed all of the work that Traveller's Aid has provided has assisted people over the years. In fact, over a quarter of a million instances of assistance have been provided to people from all walks of life since 1916. Let's hear now from Elias Lebos. I'm speaking with Elias Lebos, who is the CEO of Travellers Aid here in Melbourne. And Elias, I wanted to talk to you about the mission of Travellers Aid, which is empowering people with travel-related challenges to connect, engage and participate. So that sounds like a good place to start. So tell us what are the travel-related challenges and how do you help people overcome them? What we're trying to do is to enable people to continue to connect and participate in their communities and everything that Melbourne has to offer. So where people are struggling to utilise public transport but can do with a little bit of help, that's where we come in to play. So we might provide connection at the main transport hubs like Southern Cross Station and we might also help people to connect from the station to... Uh, some area of support or of interest so they might be off to hospital or they're trying to get to an attraction or something like that and we might be able to support them with that. And I understand it's not just mobility issues, people might be experiencing a crisis issue or there might be a situation where some kind of intervention is required? That's right. Sometimes people are having difficulty whether they are lost or they've lost um, belongings or documents that they might be travelling and they just need guidance about where to get that assistance or where a consulate may be or where they replace an item or etc. For some people, they uh, might also be struggling financially or given that they've lost their money and their belongings, whatever, may still need to get to a place of support. And what we can do within the state of Victoria is provide people that assistance to actually get from point A to point B, where we will issue them with a temporary Mikey or, or a, a travel pass of some nature. Elias, tell us more about who these people are. Who are your key, I guess, market segments, for want of a better word? And how do you reach them and ensure that they're aware of Travellers' Aid? Generally, anyone who requires some level of assistance tends to be attracted to us. The fact that we've got the word aid in our name tends to be a bit of a magnet for people who require some assistance. But in general, we're about 
assisting people with disabilities who require assistance to connect and engage, uh, older people with mobility challenges, so that might be about helping them get around stations or, once again, around Melbourne itself. We assist people who are both deaf and blind to navigate around the city of Melbourne, and we assist travellers, people who come from overseas and require, as we said earlier on, some guidance or assistance about how to navigate Melbourne's transport system. We also provide um, a range of mobility um, devices, so scooters and wheelchairs, crutches, to assist people who don't necessarily want to travel with those devices but need them once they've made their way into Melbourne. So you actually have um, Travellers Aid Officers, or the term that you use is station lounges, and there's a couple here in Melbourne and also one, I believe, in Seymour. Tell us about those lounges, how they work, what people can expect when they go into a service like that. So the purpose of those lounges is to provide a safe environment for people who either have challenges travelling or don't want to necessarily be waiting in larger, busier public spaces. So, for example, some parents with children with autism and so forth like the fact that we've got quiet lounges and some quiet spaces that they can hire even a room, a sleeping room if they wish. Those facilities are there where we provide people the opportunity to move away from the busyness of the CBD. A lot of the people who use our services are from regional Victoria and coming into the big smoke can be quite traumatic sometimes. So um, it's about a safe, quiet place. It's about a place where it's always attended by either a volunteer or a staff member and if people need support, that they can get the support. If they need guidance, that guidance is always there. And you mentioned volunteers. That would be a very important and crucial part of your service. Tell us about your volunteers. Who are they and what do they do? A lot of retirees who've moved into the CBD are attracted to our service. Also international students who are looking for opportunities to engage in Melbourne and Melbourne society. We have something like 30 languages spoken amongst our staff and volunteers. We all come from different parts of the world and we use that to our advantage. Um, we have 75% of our workforce is volunteer uh, volunteers and they're obviously motivated by wanting to help people. I'm glad that we talked about volunteers because I don't think a lot of people realise how important volunteering actually is to travel and tourism. There are volunteers at the customer care program at Melbourne Airport, there are volunteers in visitor information centres and really throughout tourism and travel. That's correct. Volunteering does two things. One, it enables us to build our capacity to deliver more services and reach, uh, increase our reach. Um, the other thing is it provides a really essential service to our community where people are still given the opportunity to engage or give back as they either age or if people are looking at gathering some experience and learning and uh, so it's not just simply free labour. That's probably um, the least of its benefit, but there are uh, huge other benefits for both the organisation and the individuals who are actually um, volunteering. 
Now, Elias, the services that you offer are not just about catering to needs of the public traveller. You also provide some services for the tourism industry and for, for other industries, perhaps, because I know that you offer disability awareness training, I think is the correct term for the service that you offer. Correct. We, about two years ago, got together with um, William Angler's Institute, and together we developed uh, an online training package that deals with providing customer service at the front line for people with disability. So it's about giving people the confidence to step forward rather than stepping back when they're presented with someone who's living with a disability. And we talk about Melbourne being the most livable city. We also want it to be the most accessible and inclusive city. But certainly one thing that's obvious is there is a greater interest from the tourism industry to become more inclusive. Uh, For example, and I think the greatest example that we're working with now is our project at the MCG. So together with the MCC, um, the MCC recognised that they want to be a more inclusive and more accessible facility. And it's not just for the footy, it's for everything that they offer. I think the challenge always is you don't know what you don't know. So uh, the more we talk about it and the more we um, expose people to the possibilities and that people realise that sometimes it's just minor tweaks and minor changes or connections with partners such as the MCC and Travellers Aid working on that partnership, um, it doesn't have to be we need to spend a million bucks. It could be upskilling our staff through some disability awareness training or simply changing a minor detail of the way our facility is set up which makes it a lot easier and uh, a lot more accessible for a whole range of different people. You mentioned the Melbourne Cricket Ground and working with the Melbourne Cricket Club on a range of possibilities to make that facility more inclusive. I understand one of the things that you're trialling is a buggy service to help people get around. How's that going? That's correct. That, um, that has been an overwhelming success, that particular pilot. It was meant to run for eight weeks and the MCC recognised that the need was greater than first anticipated. We thought that we would be on average providing service to 100 people per game of around 50,000. We've been averaging 250 a game. So the MCC management has decided that they will extend that pilot to the end of the football season and trial it over the cricket season. But at the end of the day, what was brought to our attention is that people are disengaging from participating in the AFL football fixture uh, season and that would be no different to people disengaging from opera from ballet from going to the zoo from seeking their medical appointments from jumping on a bus or a plane or a train or whatever it is to do the things that they would have normally have done so for us it's about ensuring that the the impacts of isolation are reduced that we empower people to have the choice to travel when they want to and to engage in everything that a city like Melbourne has to offer. I'm really interested to know about similar services overseas and if you work closely with them, is there any form of collaboration or exchange of information that occurs? So historically, Travellers Aid was an international movement based both in Britain and in America. 
today, it is predominantly based in North America, so the United States. There are about 51 offices. Uh, there is an office in Toronto uh, and Puerto Rico. We are the only remaining office that provides this broad range of services in Australia. There is a very small office at Adelaide Central Station, but nowhere is near the breadth of services that we provide in Melbourne. And one of the reasons for that, I think, is we have been able to adapt very quickly to the changing needs of um, the travelling public. So given that people come to Melbourne from all over the country and indeed all over the world, what percentage of people that use your service are international travellers? Uh, I can't give you an exact percentage, but at a facility like Southern Cross Station, where we're placed is at the exit of Skybus. So we know that on a daily basis we probably see just as many international visitors as what we do locals. Most people who travel through Flinders Street and Southern Cross Station tend to be commuters, and then we've got the uh, people who are visiting. Southern Cross Station is the gateway to Melbourne, and being placed where we are is an advantage to both us and to visitors coming into Melbourne. The great thing about the Southern Cross Station facility is it's designed for the traveller as well. So we have showers there where people can take a shower if they've just come off an international flight. We've got sleeping rooms where people can have a rest. So it's like a mini motel room and they can hire that by the hour, a minimum of two hours. We've got internet access for people to either print off documentation for ongoing travel or whatever it is, a hotel vouchers or whatever it might be, or to just simply remain connected. And the other thing we have, obviously, is tourism and transit information. So for someone visiting, there are a lot of services that we find add value to people's travel experience, especially at that point of entry or that point of departure. What is it that you would most like the tourism industry in Melbourne to know either about what it is that Travellers Aid does or the people who um, are your target market? First of all is the people who are our target market want to travel and want to participate as much as anyone else. So there is certainly a cohort of people there to tap into. Uh, Secondly is don't be afraid of asking the question, what can I do uh, to enable these people to connect with my business or my place or my service, whatever it may be? We don't know what we don't know. And it just takes a little bit of an effort. I had a chat with a woman who does walking tours in Melbourne. She's very well known. And uh, she said to me, Elisa, I'm I'm really keen to work with you guys to encourage people to do my walking tours. And she said, "Uh, unfortunately, uh, I was trying to become more accessible, but someone had a go at me because I hadn't done X, Y or Z. And I think that's a very brave thing to take that step forward and try and work that out. The fact is we will never please everyone. We need to remember that. People with a disability are no different to people without a disability. We struggle to please people who don't have disabilities or challenges on a day-to-day basis. So why do we expect that we're going to please everybody who has a disability? So I would say if people look at the whole issue of accessibility and inclusion as an incremental step-by-step. If you can make yourself more accessible to 5% of people this year, 
work on the next 5% next year. And gradually you'll find, or we will find, that our great city becomes not only the most livable, but certainly the most inclusive and accessible because we're all contributing that little bit. And that little bit is going to add value to what we're all doing, basically. And certainly that's something that we at Destination Melbourne would like to see too because we would love to position Melbourne as the most visitable city as well and accessibility is a very important part of that. So how can people find out more or get in touch with you? I suppose these days the the easiest place is to hop onto our website which is www.travelersaid.org.au and have a look at that and see if there's anything in there that interests and feel free to give us a call. Um, I'm always happy and my business development manager is always happy to sit down and have a chat with people. I like the concept of exploration, but the only way of finding out what is possible is through exploration. So we're more than happy and we're keen to work with whoever wants to work with us to move on this whole vision and mission of ours of making sure that people are able to connect and participate in their communities. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you to my very special guest, Elias Lebos, CEO of Travellers Aid. If you'd like to know more, you can head to travellersaid.org.au. Shout out to Ben Sound, who is the provider of our fantastic podcast soundtrack. And thanks to, to you for keeping me company today. Do get in touch with your feedback, ideas and suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. Email danielle at destination.melbourne. Now get out there and enjoy Melbourne, the world's most livable and visitable city. Bye now. Hey.